Hi, I'm Daniel Fuller from the Abundant Life Training Center, and welcome to our daily communion meditation, where today we're talking about winning at the game of life. Winning at the game of life. Just recently, I just feel like this phrase just kind of keeps coming up on the inside of me. Just keep thinking about this, this phrase, winning at the game of life. I feel like God's God's prompting this for us to talk about this, winning at the game of life. And one of the examples I want to talk about today is... When I was growing up in my family, we played this card game called Rook. I don't know if you've ever played the game, but we played a card game called Rook, where you have a Trump suit, which is the suit that trumps everything else. And you play with a partner. You have you and your partner playing against uh, two other people who are partners as well. And you're trying to win this game. And just through the years, I've gotten pretty good at playing Rook, just from playing it ever since I was a kid. And recently, I was just playing it a little bit online because I was testing out a theory. Like, what happens if you just get more bold? What happens if you bid? Because you go around the table, and there's 120 possible points in a hand. And you bid on however many points you think you can get. And you bid on them. Whoever bids the highest gets the bid. And then you get a kitty, which is some hidden help. You get five extra cards. So you have a partner and five extra cards that you get. So you get an advantage. And I just started testing it out, playing online. What happens if you just bid every single time? As I started doing this, I started winning. I started winning. I was winning about between 75 and 80% of every game that I played just by bidding every single time. I would never let the opponents get the bid ever. Sort of winning every single time almost probably about close to 80% of the time. Probably would be even a little higher now because in the first, I was just testing it out in the beginning. So I believe this is something God's prompting us to do, to take communion over this today, winning at the game of life. We're going to talk about some of the principles that I've learned from playing Rook because I think there are some important principles for us to learn. Now, I've changed up my slides a little bit today. We've done a lot of repetition over the last year, just working on and drilling those fundamentals. And we're going to take some just different angles at the fundamentals today. We're going to take it to the next level. We're going to work on some different angles of the fundamentals. But why are we taking communion every day? About 10 years ago, I wouldn't have been doing this. Had no spiritual life whatsoever. Just doing life on my own without God. And a challenge to start reading one chapter from the book of Proverbs every day just completely changed the course of my whole life. Proverbs has 31 chapters. So on day one of the month, you read Proverbs chapter one. Day two of the month, you read Proverbs chapter two. And then you keep going like that. Well, I've been doing that for a little while. Prior to that, my life was just full of stress and pressure. I was running my personal training business, and just business wasn't going the way I wanted it to go. Well, I've been reading these Proverbs for a little while. One day, Proverbs 13, 22, just seemed to jump off the page of me. It says, a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. And that verse got me thinking, what's the most valuable thing that we could pass on to future generations? If we just leave them money, they could spend it all and be no better off. Well, Proverbs tells us that wisdom, understanding, knowledge, those are the key things. Those are the principal things. So I made a commitment. I want to pass on manuals and lessons and teaching for all the different areas of life. Areas like purpose and health and family and finances, order, time and community. I want to help them win at the game of life is really what I wanted. But at the time, I needed some help in my own life. I had no clue what to teach them in most of these areas. So I began seeking after God, I began to totally immerse myself in the Bible and the things of God, just started reading the Bible front to back like a book over and over and over again. 
praying, spending time with him. He began to show up, began to teach me, began to train me. My relationship with him began to grow. And he taught me this whole new way of living. But we make him the source. We make him the center of it. But we do life together with him. Because our chances of winning at the game of life are a whole lot better when we got God with us. And just learning how to rest and how to trust in him. Now, it wasn't always easy all the time. I had to learn how to put off my old ways, how to learn how to operate my life in a totally new way. Had to do a lot of unlearning. I just began to document what he was teaching me, the things that he was taking me through. And it turned into this series of books and courses and now partners that we have called the Abundant Life Blueprint. But out of everything we do in the Abundant Life Blueprint, I do believe in the master blueprints that we have. Communion is the most important thing. Daily communion is what I call the number one table turner for all of life. Has the ability to just turn things around when things aren't going the way that we wanted them to, want them to go. Has the ability to turn things around and change the trajectory of our lives going forward. Jesus says, as often as you do this, remember me. It's just an opportunity to remember him and not forget. Something so powerful about that. It helps us to abide in him so that we produce much fruit. The Apostle Paul says, every time we take communion, we're proclaiming the death of Jesus. Which in the case of a will or an inheritance, nothing happens until you prove the death. So communion, I found, is like an activation. We can take these promises, these things that God is leading us into, and we can activate them in our life. Where from this point on, we're walking them consistently. We can get his help to walk out these promises that he's given us. But it's also important we take it the right way. Every time we take it, to take it with the fear of the Lord. Just honoring and revering him. The sacrifice of Jesus, just honoring his sacrifice. And remembering all that his sacrifice means for us. So the process we typically use, we start with about a two-minute long prayer that's mostly scripture. Coming from Ephesians chapter 1 and the prayer of Jabez found in 1 Chronicles chapter 4. And then we take a few minutes to examine ourselves. How are we doing today? Because the Apostle Paul says some people are weak and sick and they die early because they don't examine themselves before taking communion. And if communion has the power to do that in the negative, I believe it can make us healthy and strong and give us long life if we take it the right way. And then after our time of communion, we're talking about some practical physical workout tips. Because I truly believe physical exercise is just meant to teach us how to exercise our faith. So let's get started with our prayer. Heavenly Father, I pray for all those who are watching or listening, their families, all those connected to them and all of our church and governmental leaders. I thank you for releasing us from darkness and transferring us into the light, into the kingdom of your dear son. Thank you for your purpose and grace given to us in Christ Jesus before time ever began. I thank you that Jesus was smitten for us so that you could fight for us. I keep asking that you, the Father of glory, would give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that we would know you better. That the eyes of our hearts would be enlightened to know the hope to which you've called us. And the riches of your glorious inheritance that is in us. And the immeasurable greatness of your power to us who believe. The same power that you exercised in Christ when you raised him from the dead. And seated him at your right hand in heavenly places. Far above all rule and authority and power and dominion. And every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And you put all things under his feet and made him to be the head of the body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. And Father, I ask you to bless us. 
to make your face shine upon us and let us find grace and favor in your eyes. Expand our borders and our territory. Expand our capacity to receive your purpose and grace, your love and your goodness, and to let it flow through us so that we do good and are a blessing to people all over the world. Send us opportunities to do good and be a blessing today and help us be sensitive to those opportunities. Keep your hand on us and help us do today what's right and best in your eyes and do it with peace and joy and confidence in you. And we ask you to stretch out your hand to heal and do signs and wonders and keep us from evil and pain. Through the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. All right. It's so a time to examine ourselves. Are we making today a masterpiece? And how are we going to do that? We're going to get connected to the master. We're going to bring our relationship with God down into today. If we're going to win at the game of life, we've got to get really good at mastering today because it's always called today. And masters of anything are masters of the fundamentals, training the fundamentals. We want to win at the game of life. We've got to train the fundamentals. That's where we talk about executing these four fundamentals and bringing some presence and some fun into them today. Because it's not always just practicing. It's how you practice that really matters. So before we go through our fundamentals, let's remember God's got a process. When he took the people from Egypt to the promised land, there were steps and stages and a process they went through. It didn't all just happen in one day. And in a similar way, for us to step into the promises and the inheritance that God has for us in Christ, I think there are steps and stages. There's a process we go through. And I think it starts with very simply believing God's got something better for our life, better than we can ever ask or think or dream or imagine, but it's probably going to look impossible. There's going to be the tendency to shrink back and want to go back to our old ways. It's being willing to move forward with his plan, to be willing to take those steps of faith, trusting that he's right there with us. And we have to learn to put off our old ways and to embrace this new way of living, resting and trusting in him, operating in faith, operating in love humility, to walk in his ways and just watch his beautiful plan unfold in his perfect timing. So how are we going to do all this? I think it starts with these fundamentals. Our first one, we got to get positioned in the light today. Every day, we got to keep repositioning ourselves back into the light. Every day as time moves forward, time and space are connected. And so as time moves forward, you got to keep repositioning yourself every day. I think it starts with humility. Because it's the humble who are given grace. It's the humble who are exalted and promoted. And we got to make sure we stay positioned in forgiveness. Receiving forgiveness from God, forgiving ourselves in the middle, which we often forget, and walking in forgiveness with other people. We have to take our position in love today. To walk in the light is to walk in love. Kind and patient and gentle. Always assuming the best. Keeping no record of wrong. Delighting in the truth. Always hoping, always trusting, always persevering. Because love never fails. And we're going to take our position in gratitude and praise today. One of the greatest expressions of faith. And it's one of the easiest ways to maintain our positioning all day long. And being in position is a big deal. Because when we step into the light, we're stepping into Christ. And God has taken everything that he has and he put it all in him. I like to call it a pipeline of living water. And in that living water is God's spirit and power and presence. His love and peace and joy. His mind and wisdom. There's purpose and grace, health and energy, time, finances, everything we need. And it's available to be received. We've got to turn that pipeline on. And then we've got to get that water flowing through us. 
out into the world where we see, can, can see the fruit or the result of it. So our first step is to get in position, to turn on that supply. Our second step is to magnify the light. We're going to expand the capacity of that pipeline where God can flow more of all those good things through us. And to magnify the light, it's going to expand that capacity. It's going to get this new covenant rooted and established in our heart. And to magnify the light, we've talked about the example of filling up the basket of praise. We've talked about the example of two baskets on a balancing scale. On one side is a basket full of all the issues and problems and testings that we face. On the other side is a basket full of our praises to God. Praising God for who he is, praising him for all that he's done in our life. Which basket are we going to fill up? With our thoughts, our focus, our attention, our words, our meditation. So to magnify the light, here's what I've started doing. I spend a couple minutes in the morning, a couple minutes in the evening, magnifying God by magnifying. Who is God? I go through the names of God. He's El Shaddai. He's Jireh. He's more than enough. He's our healer. He's our provider. He's the God of all peace, the God of all grace. He's more than enough. He's the righteous judge of all the earth. He's the creator of the heavens and the earth. He's the master architect and designer and planner. Jesus is the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world. He's the bread that came down from heaven. He's the resurrection and the life. He's our faithful high priest. I just go through who he is. It's amazing what it does just to focus on who he is, the greatness of who he is. He is holy and righteous. He's, a, he's the one who... Uh, makes us righteous. He's our sanctifier. And then I go through all that he's done. He created the heavens and the earth. He sent us his one and only son. He poured the cup of his wrath onto the body of Jesus. He laid upon him all of our sins and iniquities. He was crushed by God. He was destroyed by God. But then he raised them up from the dead and he seated him in right, at his right hand in heavenly places. And he raised us up with him, seated us together with him, made us one with him. He gave us his Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us into all truth, to teach us the way we should go, to set us free. And then I go through what he's done in my own life. Just praising him for things that he's done in my own life. Just magnifying the light. Spend a couple minutes doing this every day. You'd be amazed at what it does. Now, this is not denying that there's issues or problems. It's simply choosing to make magnify God as bigger than those problems. Because we, could, we trust that he can solve them a whole lot better than we can. But he does give us a choice. We could choose to do things our own way. We could stay stuck in our old ways. We could fill up that basket of the problems by venting, complaining, pouting, doing all those things. That's where we have to learn to recognize the symptoms. Because when we're out of position or magnifying the wrong things, it's going to produce some symptoms in our life. And one of the biggest questions I've learned to ask and recognize these symptoms is where is the pressure? Where is the pressure? Am I putting the pressure on other people? Am I putting the pressure on myself? Or am I putting the pressure on God? Where is the pressure? Because if I put the pressure on other people or on myself, I squeeze God out. Think of it like a garden hose. The water's flowing through. That pipeline of living water's flowing. And if I put the squeeze on other people or on myself, it blocks the flow of what God's trying to do. He can't go to work. I have to learn how to roll that pressure over on him, uh, to cast my cares over onto him. And so some of the symptoms you'll experience, you feel that heaviness and weight and pressure. You have the fear and stress and worry, dreading things in the future. Usually we're lacking presence. 
And unfortunately, this can become a habit. Either because we don't know, we've never been taught this, or we have to learn how to walk in this consistently. But when we take our position in the light, that pressure comes off. And all those good things begin to flow. We begin to rest in our soul. And now all those good things begin to flow. And everything is free and easy and effortless and energizing. And his peace and joy and love and spirit power, it all just begins to flow. He begins to do the work. And now all of a sudden we've got hope in any and every situation. Because we've got God with us. And if all this weren't enough, God gives us this amazing gift of grace. That if we ever get off track, we can turn it back around instantly. Get right back into the light again. By simply changing our focus. Is learning to recognize those symptoms and turn it back around quickly. Change what we're focused on. Receive that forgiveness from him. Forgive ourselves. Walk in forgiveness with other people. Get back into love. Make a quick correction. And all of a sudden, those good things will begin to flow again. And then our third fundamental, we've got to stay tuned into him. That pipeline of living water starts to flow. It's got a rhythm to it. It's got a current to it. When a river's flowing, there's a current or a rhythm to it. One of our biggest fundamentals, staying tuned into, into God, staying in rhythm with him. My favorite way to do this is with a journal before bed. I like to start at the very top of what we call our filters. These filters are just short phrases or little things that I do to keep things top of mind. I like to start with the big picture vision at the top. Where do I feel like God's leading me? To win at the game of life, we've got to have some purpose and vision and direction for our life. I like to start at the very top. What's the big picture vision? For me personally, it's abundant life training centers all over the world, making the body of Christ healthy and beautiful. Then I want to bring it down to a yearly level. I want to start with the big picture and then bring it down into today. I go to come down to the yearly level. What do I feel like is the vision or direction or the word that God gave me for this year? For example, this year, 2022, the year of the beautiful land. So I write that next. And then I bring it down to a monthly level. What do I feel like God was saying the vision direction we're working on this month? That's where we go back to our monthly messages in the Abundant Life Blueprint. Confidence through praise was July's message. So I've been writing every day of this month, confidence through praise, through magnifying God through praise. We become more confident in our faith. And then I want to bring it down to a weekly level. What's our, our season of the year? Where are we in this time of the year in the yearly cycle? This week, it's God's favor is on you. His favor is on you. It surrounds you like a shield. It's on you for a lifetime. I write those little reminders at the top. Then I like to start my journal with gratitude and praise to get in position. And then to magnify. What went well today? What are all the ways I saw God showing up today? And then I like to ask this question. God, what were you trying to show me today? And get still and listen and whatever comes into my mind. Just begin to write those things down. And then it's just about staying in rhythm with him, staying connected with him throughout the day. If you ever feel like you're losing that connection with him, just take a couple minutes, slow down, get more present, get aware of his presence with you. Think about like plugging in the phone. You're going to get powered up in him again. And then the final thing I like to do in my journals, we've got to bring it down into today. Start with the big picture vision, the vision and direction. We're going to bring it through the year, through the month, through the week. And then we're going to bring it down into today because we've got to master today. If we're going to win at the game of life, we got to master today. And I like to plan the upcoming day with God. All right, what do I know to do over the next day? Because I learned sometimes I was getting out ahead of God. 
toiling away in my mind, trying to figure things out, trying to force things to happen. On the other side, sometimes I was procrastinating on things that I need to do. And sometimes that, that pipeline of living water begins to flow. All those good things begin to flow. We stay tuned into him. He's going to give us things to do, things to say. But sometimes we fail to take action and those things begin to build up on the inside. It begins to block the flow. Think of it like a pipe where the pipe is blocked. It's clogged. It's got debris and things like that on the inside of it. It gets built up on the inside and then God can't get through us what he wants to get through us. And it begins to block our clarity as well. All those things begin to pile up on the inside. And then we feel that weight and pressure on the inside because we've got all those things to do. We feel that overwhelm. Just start chipping away. What do I know to do? And start taking action on those things. You'll be amazed at what God can begin to flow through you. So we plan out the day. And then we wake up like a kid on Christmas morning, excited for the day, because this is the day that the Lord has made. And we remember this very important principle. That the first thing out of our mouth every morning sets the tone for the whole day. As they began to learn about this, they began to seek God. What's the best thing for us to say in the morning? It felt like he was taking me back to Genesis chapter 1, the very first words we see God speak. Let there be light. So that's how I start my day now. Very first words out of my mouth. Let there be light. And it's amazing how just such a simple little thing brings a different energy into the day. Then we start walking out that plan in full confidence in him. That as we do those things that we know to do, there's an anointing there. There's a power there. There's a grace there to help us walk out those things that we knew to do. We know to do. And when we get to that place of confident faith, his grace begins to surge through us. He begins to go to work. He begins to beautify our lives. And beauty, beauty is attractive and magnetic and begins to pull more and more of everything God has for us into our life. That pipeline of living water just begins to flow right through us. Now, let's talk about winning at the game of life. Some lessons from Rook. So in the game of Rook, you've got a partner. And you've got the hidden help. If you win the bid, if you create some boldness and you go for it. Sometimes I had some hands that looked like there was no way I could bid. Looked totally impossible to win. I didn't have good cards at all. But I knew I had a partner. We've got a partnership with God. We've got partners in life, learning to do life together with people. Not to do life solo on our own. We've got other people that can help. And then we've got hidden help. If you win the bid, you get extra cards. You've got hidden help. You've got God working behind the scenes. You've got hidden help that we can't see. And nobody else can see those cards that are in the kitty. Only you get to see them. You've got some hidden help. You get five extra cards. There's only nine cards total. You get five extra cards. You pick the ones that you want and you put the other ones back. And then you've got a partner to help. And so oftentimes in the areas where you're weak, the kitty will help or your partner will help. And then as you take those cards from the kitty, you got to simplify. Because if you have too many suits, for example, you have hearts and diamonds and spades and clubs, you have too many suits, your opponents can catch you off guard. You got to simplify. I like to get down to two suits every time I can. That's always my goal. And I will get rid of good cards in the other suits. I'll get rid of the aces and the good cards in the other suits to simplify down so I only have two suits. Why? Because if the other opponent has trumps, that could beat you in those suits, then you'll get caught off guard. 
So you got to simplify. So we got to simplify in life. What am I good at? Let's focus on the things that I'm strong at and rely on the hidden help in my partner to be strong in those other areas. Now, the other big thing is the order that you play your cards in makes a big difference. The order that you play your cards in, because whoever is in the lead, whoever plays the first card of each round, sets the tone for that round. And the order that you play your cards in makes a difference. You can play your cards in the wrong order and you can lose. We talk about the order that we do things in life matters. I always tell my kids, if you put your underwear on over your pants, it doesn't look too good. To, to get home the point that the order that we do things in matters. If you put your pants on first, and then your underwear on second, it doesn't work very well. The order that we do things in matters. And then you got to stay in control. If you get out of the lead in Rook, now the opponent is dictating which suit we're playing, which cars we're playing, and it gets hard to get back in control. Once you get out of control, it gets hard to get it back, oftentimes, unless you have Trump, unless you've got that Trump card. And God always causes us to triumph. So Heavenly Father, we're asking for your help today. I feel like you're giving us this message, the winning at the game of life. We're asking for your help. To win at the game of life. To be consistent winners at the game of life. And we thank you that on the night Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and said, this is my body broken for you. Do this in your remembrance of me. Just remember, God sent us his one and only son. Jesus is willing to come and humble himself even unto death on a cross. He poured the cup of his wrath onto the body of Jesus. He was crushed by God. He was destroyed by God. But then he's raised back to life. He's victorious over death. And he's seated at God's right hand in heavenly places. And he raises us up with him. That same victorious spirit and power. The Bible talks about he gives us victory in Christ every time. If we're going to win at the game of life. We're going to have victory. Every time he raised us up victorious over death and seated us with him in heavenly places. We can be one with him. He makes us right, holy, and perfect in God's sight all through his one sacrifice. So, Father, we thank you for this bread and ask you to bless it in Jesus' name. If you have your bread, you can take your bread. So after supper, Jesus took the cup. He said, this is the cup of the new covenant. In my blood, poured out for the forgiveness of sins for many. It's the forgiveness of sins that releases us from darkness and transfers us into the light. Have this covenant relationship with him. His blood cleanses us, makes atonement for us, gives us this blood-sworn oath. God is with us and for us. He's working for our good. So Father, we thank you for this cup and ask you to bless it in Jesus' name. Be a juice, you can take a juice. All right. In the workouts, one of the things I talked about, I've been starting to implement this four-day 
workout cycle. I've been taking our daily communion workouts and implementing a four-day workout cycle. And I've been alternating days. One day is heavier, one day is lighter. One day is heavier, one day is lighter. And what I've found is this. On the light days, I actually go a little lighter than I think I need to most days. And I view it as I'm practicing those fundamentals. I'm practicing and working on training my technique and practicing those fundamentals. And I've found that if I'll go a little lighter on those days, then when it's time to go heavier, I can do better. It's like it trains that movement better. And what I found is I go a little lighter on the light days, and then I'm, I'm willing to, to kind of push it and test the envelope a little bit on the heavier days. To keep testing. And I feel like we need this balance of the two. Keep drilling the fundamentals, but also keep working to get to the next level. Keep drilling the fundamentals, but then keep working to get to the next level. You need that balance of the two. And I found that this combination of just alternating heavy and light, heavy and light, seems to work very well. But I hope this has been helpful for you today. If you can learn more about partnering with us in the Abundant Life Blueprint, you can go to the Abundant Life Training Center.com.